Guys, people, on today's show, I give you the keys to quarantine, a.k.a. the wilderness. Don't waste time in the wilderness. I actually share a message that I preached before I preach it back for you. Why did I start rapping? I don't know. Maybe because I'm also featuring a new song by Mark Hall featuring yours truly, J. Will Music. It's called One by One. Last but not least, I want you to go and check out the Shift Conference by LaToya Early. It's going to be a virtual conference now, so everybody can come sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. Inspiration now in session. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. What I'm about to say to you today has the potential to change your life. But it's up to you. Because, see, I have the ability to say something, right? I'm capable of saying something. That'll change your life. But you have the authority. And it's a big difference between ability and authority. I'll give you this example. My car sitting outside has the ability, ability to go 140 miles on the street. But I have to give it the authority. See, the car cannot go 130, 40 miles an hour on its own. I have to go unlock the doors, sit in it, turn the key to ignition, then be crazy enough. Y'all don't try this at home, okay? To go, let's just say if I was a NASCAR racer, let's let's say something safe, because I don't want people to go out there hurting themselves and then blame it on my show. Police pull you over. Excuse me, sir, what are you doing? Uh, You're doing 140 and a 65. Yeah, I was listening to Inspire God's People, and Jay said that I had the ability. Like, no, 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 don't blame me. But my point is, you know, as God uses anyone, whether it be me or it could be your friends, your family, your pastor, whoever, right? God could give someone a word for your life. God's word is alive and well. We're not running around living in sin and in darkness because the word of God isn't present anymore. We're going around living in sin and darkness and living outside of our purpose because we haven't activated. Like we haven't turned on the ignition and given the authority for the word to change our lives. So ability, authority. Nobody can really change your mind but you. No one can give your mind the uh, authority to change other than you. I cannot go inside your brain and change your mind. But I do have the ability to say something today that if you give it the authority, your life can change. And I really believe that. Now, in the midst of everything that's going on, it's a lot of 
you know, serious things going on with this virus. And, um, you know, a lot of cities or states are on lockdown and have been in quote unquote quarantine and introduced all type of like, this is sidebar right here. They've introduced all type of new marketing to us in the midst of this. All the little branding terms, social distancing, quarantine, like it's a whole new little like I'm seeing companies have their commercials going. And yeah, you know, I'm sorry, I can't help but see the business at play and the psychology at play in these things. But we already did an episode about that. So we won't, you know, kind of has pulled back that wound and open that up. It's already healed. We, we passed that. But I said that to say that is obviously some serious times. And one of the things that I genuinely believe throughout this time, um, number one, you know, just praying for everybody out there, anyone who may be impacted or affected um, or have a loved one that's impacted or affected. We at Inspire God's people are definitely praying for you. And I mean that with all my heart. Um, I really have been praying and trusting the Lord, you know, and, and I ask people out there, be wise, man. Don't be careless. You know, I don't believe we have to live in fear, but I do think we should be responsible and mature believers and do the right thing. OK. Now, with all of that being said, looking at this and everything that's going on in the world from a slightly different perspective. One of the things that I'm thinking about is like, okay, I know that everyone sees a problem. Like th this, this virus is, is a problem, right? People being on lockdown is a problem. You know, people being away from work, that's a problem. Um, some people are going to struggle to pay payments for their home. Like there's a lot of problems at play right now. And just know that I'm not about to dismiss or I'm not even purposely trying to dismiss any of any of the problems that you may be having. But I have to say what I feel led to say. On the other side of every problem is an opportunity. And what I truly believe in my heart with all my soul is that there are going to be people who come out of this worse because they only tapped into the problem. And they only focused on the problem. And the problem might have been real. It, it, it was there. But because that problem is so real for some people, they're going to allow the problem to take them out of purpose. Then there's another group of people that they recognize the problem. They understand and respect that there's a real problem at play. But they also see an opportunity. Like, see... As an example, you got all of this stuff going on in the world. And for some people, you know, you might have some friends or family that it's an opportunity for them to finally hear you out on the gospel. Because unfortunately, some people aren't willing to listen when everything is going well. So there may be some people out there that that like haven't been open to hearing about God at all before. Like, man, I ain't trying to hear that at all, bro. Get out of here. But now you have an opportunity to hit them up and share the gospel. Why else is it an opportunity? Because they on lockdown, can't go to work, okay? Uh, you're scared to go to the grocery store. That's about the only place you can go. And um, you got nothing else to do. So usually when you call people and they, oh man, I'm busy, I gotta run and such, and you know, I'm calling people now and it's like, hey, what on, bro? How you doing? Good to hear from you, brother. You know, what, what you doing? Like, I ain't, look, look, we could talk all day. I ain't, 
Everybody I'm asking, like, yeah, when can I? Hey, hit me up right now. I ain't got nothing to do. I'm going to tell you, I ain't got nothing to do, bro. Call me. Matter of fact, we on the phone. I want you to hang up and call me back. I want to talk again, okay? My point is, that's just one small way to see an opportunity. And I'm telling you, there are going to be some people that come out of this situation better. I made a post on Facebook. I was like, bruh, don't come out of quarantine the same. Like, if you're going to be locked up in the house for 14 days and you can't do nothing, like, I'm seeing people, they posting about Netflix and asking what movies. I just finished this season of this. I'm like, whoa, you're going to spend your whole opportunity on lockdown wasting time? Man, y'all crazy. Like, I'm straight on that. Look, we've been putting in work. We got the new, matter of fact, go to inspireguyspeople.com right now. Do me a favor and go to the website. It's not finished. It's a work in progress. But Julie is making things happen. We are creating. We are developing. Um, new, new website is in the works. You know, we done switched it. It's inspireguyspeople.com now. For those of you who were going to jwillmusic.com, don't worry. You, if you type in jwillmusic.com, it reroutes you to inspireguyspeople.com. So, yeah, man. Make sure you go and click the About page. Click Podcast. We are streamlining things, and we're going to make this a better experience for everyone to listen to the show and all those things so you can share one link, and they can find everything. Listen, people. Look, I came into this. I was like, look, we were already putting in work going into this. And when this happened, it's like, all right, what else can we do, bruh? Like, what else can we work on? Like, I'm, no, y'all don't understand. Like, this is an opportunity for me. Like, oh, you going to give me extra time? Oh, let's do it. Because some of us, we talked a whole bunch. Look, you know what? Matter of fact, let me not mess up. Let me not, let me not mess up what I'm going to say what later. Let's do this real quick before I get into this great information that I have on deck for you today. I'm going to play this new song um, and maybe like a commercial or something, you know, um, you know, Toya's um, Chase Great Shift Conference. I'm still going to promote that right now. It's May 15th and 16th. We understand right now that there's a little bit of unknown as we begin to go to the beginning of April. And this is about six weeks away. We don't know what's going to happen in six weeks. Is this virus going to die down and people can go places? But Hey, as of right now, I haven't received a cancellation. So just keep that in mind as I'm promoting this, that I understand that things may change. But as of right now, things haven't changed. So I'm going to play that. We're going to play a new song. I did this song um, with Mark Hull. That's M-A-R-K-H-U-L-L. The song is called One by One featuring yours truly, J. Will Music. And he just dropped this this week. So you can go and... um. You know, wherever you listen to music, Google, I, you know, well, Apple, iTunes, all that. I can talk. Go to those places and check out this new song, One by One. And when we return, uh, we about to have a great, like, look, we going in. I'm telling y'all right now, this is actually a message um, that I wrote from December of 2019. And I've spoken it live once. And, um... It's entitled Don't Waste Time in the Wilderness. And you will hear that when you return. Hear that when you return. Hear that when you return. That when you return. That when you 
Let's get one thing straight, I'm tired of going around Tired of sitting down, ten toes to the ground Stepping to the mound, striking these giants out Odell to the Browns, not playing with them now I'm not playing with them now So you can tell the monsters that they can sit down My vision on the end game, not worry about Thanos I marvel at the king and I always keep my sling close Shots like a layup, I'm attacking the rim No hesitation on slaying titans for him I do what I must, no fear in the clutch When the going gets tough, I know who to trust The tides may rise and it feels rough to me He can calm the ocean so I know what I'll see Fight through the pain, tears, the rain Cause when the storm comes I know who causes sweat to change FIFA 4-4 We about to overcome About to take these giants down One by one we about to overcome About to take these giants down Seems like every step that I take Is met by something new Trying to stand in my way Sever my connection to block my call Get me to trip Fall, fumble the ball My balance navigated by the maker of my feet Helps me rise above even the tallest of feats In this wheel, then I will, can't be beat Not cocky, I'm confident in the one before me I'm like Jack on the beanstalk I'm like David with the slingshot I ain't worried about Goliath My power comes from within the spirit of Messiah Giants don't want to smoke, but I promise that it's free Child of the living king, so get hit with his sovereignty and he wears such a sovereignty Giants can't even fit the shoes on his feet I got one stone left, I see two foes So if I throw it and I miss, then it's twofold Now Goliath has the rock and David's empty-handed But David's standing on the rock, thickening in the plot See, when you standing on the word, the Lord fights your battles You gotta die to the flesh to live a life that matters Now we dead and alive at the same time Hoping everybody leaves with a changed mind Yo, you can change yours, I can change mine Uno by uno or even at the same time One by one, these giants, they gotta fall For those who didn't know, my flesh is the other foe I'm staring in the mirror trying to see through the broken glass Every piece in front of me is a reflection of my past So one by one, I move the center side You forgave them, I praise you, cause you are the Messiah FIFA 4-4 We about to overcome about to take these giants down One by one 3-5-4-4 We about to overcome About to take these giants down One by one Hey God's people, it's your vision coach, LaToya Early, and I want to invite you to the Chase Great Shift Conference, May 15th, 16th, 2020. Listen, if you are a coach and you are ready to shift your market, your money, your message, and your mindset in your business, then I challenge you to visit www.chasegreatshift.com and secure your seat today. God's people, we are back. Y'all make sure y'all check out Toya's conference. I am a speaker on day two. I'm actually closing it out. And I feel pretty good about what I have to say to them on that day. We are already locked and loaded and ready to go with that message. So, Lord willing, you know, in May, I will still be able to be a part of that conference. So, y'all pray for that. And uh, go to her website. And go to my website. InspireGodsPeople.com Now, let's do it. Let's get into this message entitled, 
Don't waste time in the wilderness. I think this is relevant and I'm not going to waste no more time. So first things first. Ooh, there I am with that again. If you were listening a couple of episodes ago, you know what's up. So you got to be a part of the family on this show. You think you could just come listen to one episode because you like the title, you like the topic. Fam, you better go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all those places, and InspireGuysPeople.com. Go to the drop-down box that says Podcast and search all the episodes. Search all the episodes. All right, so here we are. And all the way back, as far as episode one on this show, we have been talking about the process. For the faithful listeners, you know that's one of my favorite words. And I want to start this off today by thinking about the three stages of purpose. Now, you can also phrase this as the process of purpose. And this is how I looked at it. And just so you know, like, you know, what what I did for this message, and this is really how I try to approach the Bible, I don't go into things like most times trying to look for a certain topic. I like to actually read the stories and understand to the best of my ability what's happening, read my commentary, and just study the story. Um, what I've kind of found that that does is it keeps me from trying to add my own implications. So I read the story and let the story speak to me. And then I start grabbing the principles from God's word, not adding nothing to it, not changing anything but listening and then allowing God to speak. And that's what I did, and that's how I came up with these three stages of purpose. So we are going to be looking. um, When we get to the Bible, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 16 starting out. And, you know, this is the story of Moses. I can talk, I can talk, I can talk, God's people. The story of Moses and the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness. And when I looked at that story, there were these three stages that stuck out to me. And it really was stage one was slavery. Stage two, the wilderness. Stage three, the promise. And of course, if y'all know me, I started really looking at my own life and trying to figure out those stages and identify those stages that I've gone through, but then also starting to try to identify the stage that I'm currently in. Now, keep in mind, you can be in and out of stages at different times, okay? So there could be, you know, you could be thinking about your career, right, or your work life, and you could be like, oh, man, I'm in the wilderness stage. But at home in your family, you could be in the promise. Um, With a relationship, a friendship, you could be in slavery. You know what I'm saying? So there's different stages at different times, but I want y'all to look at and like identify the stages. It's going to make more sense once we go through the story, but that is really the scene where I'm like, you know, starting at is like these stages, the process. See how it all works together. This show ain't all fun and games. Y'all got to understand what we building over here. It, it Listen, it's, a process. All right, so let's think about the slave stage, right? Um, this is really a stage. Let me see where I want to go with my example. 
Um, because this is like where you are bound and you don't control your own life. So let's think about a 16-year-old, okay? And, and you got to understand, I'm using the term slavery metaphorically, but as we look into the story of the children of Israel, they were literally in slavery. So don't get all sensitive thinking I'm talking about the transit, let it, transit, ah, I can talk transatlantic slave trade. And you know, you know how us black people like to do, we want to make everything about, we hear the term slavery, and sometimes we act like ain't nobody else in history ever been enslaved. So this ain't about American slavery. So don't get hung up on that. I know I'm light-skinned, but I am black. I am indeed an African-American. Please believe me. So if you think about like a 16-year-old, technically as it relates to the processes and purpose in their living situation, most times they are in slavery, meaning they are under their parents' guidance. They are a minor. They really have to do whatever they tell, you know, like whatever they tell you to do, you got to do. You can go to this party. You can't go to this party. You get $20 a week allowance. You get $100 a week allowance, right? So you follow. And maybe, maybe like 14 is a better age because at 16, sometimes you're driving and you're working. But just follow the principle. Don't argue with me. You know, don't try to just, some people just want to make, you're just looking for the flaw. Like, oh, no, uh, he should have said 15. Ain't no way in the world a 16-year-old is in slavery. Uh, 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 I don't like that. My point is, I've seen many teenagers, and I'm sure I did this as well when I was young, you're crying out for freedom. You're like, when I get my own place, when I, and you know, parents, at least, you know, how I grew up, they'd be like, you know, when y'all turn 18, you're getting up out of here. Every parent used to threaten their kids with 18 as the age that you're getting up out of their house. And, you know, lo and behold, you're 26 years old, still living with your mama. So praise God for you. My point at the end of the day is that this stage of slavery really represents a stage in your life where you don't have no control, bruh. And you can think about prison. Um, you know, people in prison, you know, from what I know or have heard, rather, you know, you eat when they tell you to eat. You get to go outside when they tell you to go outside. And it's interesting to me because, what is it, recidivism, I believe it is, is when, you know, people are free. You get out of prison, but you end up coming back because that structure that they gave you, you literally don't know how to be free. Like without that structure, without them telling you, uh, the military is another one. You got to eat when they tell you to eat. You got to, you in boot camp, all these, all these rules and regulations where you literally don't have a say so is slavery. Now it's up to you as I go through this message. Again, you could think about it in your relationships. Think about this in your, in your job, in your purpose. In, there, there are so many ways to look at this. I'm just trying to throw out some examples to give you an idea of the principle at play when you're talking about the, the three stages of purpose and this slavery stage in particular. So let's talk about, for instance, since we got, you know, uh, the quarantine and the lockdown going on, for some people, their job feels like slavery. You, you don't feel in control. You know, you're, you're, you're miserable at work. Like, you hate it. And they tell you you don't get no days off. They tell you when you can go on vacation. It's like you feel like I don't have any control. And even some people, have, you know, we talk a good game. Like, look, man, if I ain't work here, I'll be working on my podcast. 
I'd be writing my book if I didn't work here. It's always this idea of what you would do. And we got shows where we talked about that, so I'm not going to go down that, that path. But it's always what you would have, could have, should have done, right? But my question is, what about now? What about now that you don't have to go in, to work and you in lockdown? And for anybody who listening to this show five years later or something, you know, just Google uh, the, the coronavirus of 2020, COVID-20 or COVID-19, whatever it is. And you'll understand the, the, the phase of life that we're living in. It might not be that relevant later, but right now everybody's on lockdown. People can't go to work. Um, and a lot of people are just wasting time during this time, during their wilderness stage. But wait, you know, we not at the wilderness stage yet. Let me not get ahead of myself. We are at the slave stage. Slow it down. All right, let's jump into the Bible, man. We're going to read Exodus chapter 2, verses 23 through 25. We're going to start off with. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Let's do it. Verse 23. Years passed, and the king of Egypt died. But the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. All right, look, already, y'all see we jumping into this thing? Like, they were enslaved, and they started to groan and cry out to God. Now, that sounds like simple and obvious. Like, well, of course, Jermaine, they were slaves. They're going to hate slavery. But this is actually super important to call out to me because it actually shows and proves that they were indeed unhappy with their slavery, which later on you might understand why I'm calling that out. They cried out for help, and here's what I like. Their cry rose up to God. So this is also important and key to me because it shows an instance and an example in the Bible where a group of people were crying out to God for help, and it shows that God hears our cries. Verse 24. Oh, it actually says it. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Verse 25. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Man, I like that because God knows when it's time. You know, we always say that may not come when you want to, but it'll be there right on time. Yeah. God knows when it's time, y'all. All right, let's go over to Exodus chapter 3 now, verse 7 through 10. Let's see what's happening. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. It's talking to Moses at this point, people. So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. Y'all see right here, this is where God is already telling Moses his plan. God always has a plan. When you read through the Bible, man, it's so amazing to me. Like I constantly see God's plan. I constantly see where he knows exactly what he wants to do, given a, a, a rough or a tumultuous situation, like whenever there's something bad going on and God starts acting, he comes to some, someone that he's called, but he doesn't come to them asking them what to do. He comes to them telling them what to do. In this situation, he went to Moses. And so then it goes on to say, 
It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pezzizites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Verse 10, now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. This is the Lord talking to Moses. You know what really stands out to me here? Like, of course, again, you see in these scriptures where it's very clear that not only were the Hebrews like slaves, but they were being treated harshly, even, I guess, for slaves, right? And again, sounds pretty obvious. They slaves, bro. What you want me to think about them? But I'm going to draw back onto that point uh, in a second. Just, just rock with me. Wait for it. When I was reading this, like what really kind of jumped out to me too was like, dang, like God told them that he has this land for them, but the land is occupied. It's like he told Moses, yep, this is it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Oh yeah, but right now, this is where these people live and all these ites and zites, okay? Canaanites, Jebusites, ites and zites, okay? It's a whole bunch of ites. Some of y'all right now ain't nothing but a bunch of ites and zites. Okay, never mind. Um, that sound bad. My whole point was, like, sometimes the reason we can't see where God wants to take us is because it might be an occupied space. You know, and, and I guess as a good example I have for people, it's like if God, you know, has a home that he's going to bless you with. Sometimes it's not that obvious to you because you like a lot of times when we're looking for where we want to go, we're looking for empty spaces. We're looking for like, all right, where's the room for me to fit in? But sometimes and I know this might sound a little harsh, even sometimes God is going to move someone out to put you in. So it's not up to you to see it beforehand all the times because you're looking for an empty space and God is going to put you in an occupied space. Now, that is the slave stage. Now, let's get into the wilderness stage, y'all. This is where we're going to spend most of our time today, in the wilderness stage. So, all right, when you think about this, what I want you to think about is let's picture a transitional stage, right? So, this is, you're no longer enslaved. You get what I'm saying? So, you're no longer in the position where you're bound by someone telling, telling you what to do, but you are also not yet to the promised land. So there's this transition between being in slavery and then, again, the process, we're talking about the process right now, of getting to purpose. So the promised land represents purpose. Th that, that slave stage represented when you were maybe just completely nowhere near thinking about what God wanted for you. You were just bound by something. It could be bound by sin. Again, we gave those examples. But this wilderness stage is super interesting to me. Here's why. When you, when you think about the wilderness in, in, in the stories that we're reading right now in the Bible and the children of Israel, everyone always makes the wilderness sound negative. Like every time I've ever really heard about the wilderness, it's like, ooh, the wilderness. But the more I dug into this story and really looked at it, I'm like, the wilderness represents freedom. That's the moment you became free 
from whatever had you bound before. And so let's look at some just practical real life examples, right? Moving out of your parents' house. Remember in an earlier example, I said you're 14, 15 years old, you're mad because you can't do this and you're mad because you can't do that. And then now you at your first little one bedroom apartment. And now you get introduced to the fact in your wilderness. And I'm calling this the wilderness because you're transitioning as a young adult. You're not mature and responsible yet. You're not established in your career yet. You know what I'm saying? These your first little couple bills and you like, oh, wait a minute. I hated being in my mama house until I realized that came with room and board. Like mama was paying rent or daddy or parents, hopefully both. And they were cooking. So it's like, oh, I live by myself. I got to cook by my, oh, I got to cook for myself. You in the wilderness, but you're free, right? I can also think about like um, something like college. This is transitional, being in school. And some of us, we have career aspirations, places you want to go in life. And school is the thing that's like, uh, it's the thing that's the drag. It's not fun, but it's freedom. And the reason I'm calling it freedom is because you had to enroll in school. And that moment that you decided to enroll in school, it was for a reason that you were envisioning something. And so in that moment, you were leaving slavery and the chains was being broken off and you were filling out the registration package or you were calling the counselors and you were entering the wilderness, but you were entering freedom. Entrepreneurship can feel like the wilderness because it could be that stage of like, yo, I got this business idea. I have this podcast, inspire God's people, man, it's, it's this dope idea. And then you're knee deep in it. And it's like, man, I got to keep recording. I got to keep producing this. I don't make a dime to do this show now, Lord. But it's like, no, you're in the wilderness. You're, you're not yet where God wants you to be completely, but you are free. The moment I came up with this podcast idea, I was free because I was able to have creative control about the content that I was pro producing and putting out. I'm not limited by some program directors or whoever. And the partnerships that I've had with radio since I've done this show have all been positive Christian partnerships that have allowed me to do what I do and didn't stop me from doing that. But this is the wilderness. Wilderness is freedom. It's freedom. It's freedom. It's freedom. Now, it's freedom. It's freedom. you got to understand something. We talked a little bit earlier about like, um, people who get out of prison. I was watching this documentary. Um, what is it called? Is it called uh, Q-Ball, maybe? If I'm not mistaken, about um, some basketball players in San Quentin prison. And this one guy in particular, they were kind of showcasing. The day he got out of prison, like, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I'm scared. Because he didn't know what freedom was going to look like. Like, I want you to take a second and think about how crazy this is. Most of us would think that if you've been bound and enslaved, that freedom just sounds like a great thing. But I, we got to be real with ourselves and re realize like, yo, freedom is scary. The wilderness is a scary place. Never mind the fact that I was crying out to God when I was enslaved. I was crying out to God because I hated my job. And Lord, if I ain't had this job, I would do my business. Oh, I would really do it, blah, blah, blah. And then, bam. We go on lockdown because of the coronavirus. And now you 
Uh, some people have lost their jobs. I, I think over 3 million people have applied for unemployment and industries are losing uh, businesses and shutting down restaurants. These are jobs that are being lost now. And that is a problem, and I'm not minimizing that. But within that problem, there is an opportunity. Within that problem, there is freedom. There are some people who just got freed from a job that they hated, just got freed from a job that they were complaining about, that they were telling God, crying out to God, if you just let me, you, of course, it don't look like what you thought because you didn't think it was going to be because of some deadly virus and the world shutting down. But nevertheless, this is where you are. Nevertheless, the chains have been broken and now you are free. But freedom is not the promised land. Freedom is the wilderness. So let's jump into Exodus chapter 16. We're going to read verses one through three. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. So this is just one month. I really want to want to point this out to you, the importance. This is one month after their freedom. They've been free for one month. They've been in the, in the wilderness for four weeks now. And here's what happens in verse two. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. What? You've been free for four weeks? You cried out to God. You said you wanted to lead this job. You said you wanted to go to school. You said whatever your process is, because I'm trying to show y'all something. We focus so much on the promised land that we forget about the wilderness. We got to stop praying about the promised land if we don't want to get to the wilderness that leads to that promise. There is a process that you cannot ignore and get around in this life. I'm in a process. You in a process. My cousin, my uncle, my sister, my brother. We are all in a process. And if you want a promise, you must also want a wilderness. End of story. You want a promise? You need a process. Within that process is the wilderness. These people out of their mind. They four weeks into freedom and they complaining about the people who freed them. Man, that sounds crazy. All right, let's get into it. Verse three. This is what they're saying. This is what the, the former slaves, the, the people who were just slaves four weeks ago, just saying this right here. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us to death. Remember I told you the kid that lived with their mama and then got on their own and realized like, man, I hated living with mama because I couldn't, couldn't go to the club. But at least she had roast beef at the table every night. I couldn't go to the, the club, but at least I had a steak. At least we had some mashed potatoes and some green beans at mama house. And so what happens? You move out into your own house and you realize, oh, man, I was like, I was better off as a slave. That's how they found themselves. Because, again, when you're in, when you're in prison, like you don't have to go and find out how to eat your own food. The food might be horrible, but at least it's there. And, and what a lot of us, this, this is man. You got to think back to the episode, I think it was 57, when I entitled it Being Broke is Fun. 
This is similar to that type of mentality. Where a lot of us can't reach the promise because we enjoy slavery more than the wilderness. See, the wilderness freedom is something that you have to embrace and you have to want it. I'll look at like you take America. We live in the land of the free, right? But the problem with some of us is we want the government to come and bail us out of everything. We always want someone to bail us out. And I'm not making this political. Trust me, I don't want to deal with your politics. You can believe what you want to believe with that. I'm speaking about purpose. And what I'm saying is like, man, I would rather if I can bail myself out, put in the work to do it myself, because sometimes a bailout represents slavery. Sometimes a bailout represents feed me. I don't want to find food on my own. But in the land of the free, you got to get up and work. You got to get up and put in effort because that's how you get to the promised land. If you just sit back and want someone else to do everything for you, that's slavery, y'all. And some of us don't realize we can't be free because we love being slaves. As crazy as that sounds, right? Because the children of Israel complained about the slavery. But you see it here in Exodus 16, verse 3. They said, if only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt. They are literally saying, I would rather die a slave than to live free. I want you to think about that. I want you to let that really sink in. I would rather die a renter than to ever have to go through the process of becoming an owner. I would, I would rather die a borrower than to ever have to work through the process of becoming a lender. Some of us literally love slavery. We literally love being in a impoverished mindset in the worst of the worst. We embrace horrible things because at least we have food at dinner time that we didn't have to fend for and fight for ourselves. But if you want freedom, you look at successful entrepreneurs, they put in work. They stayed up late. They had the right business plans. There are a lot of successful people that like, this is why I try to share business stories on this show where they didn't have somebody handing out, some, like they had to figure it out. And again, I'm not getting into your politics and I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad who might need something. But what I am saying is that if you can do, like don't allow yourself to go back and lust for slavery because freedom is harder when, than what you expected. And that's the reality of it, y'all. The wilderness ain't for everybody. It ain't for everybody. But for those who want to get to the promise, this is the road that you must encounter. Now, let's go to Exodus. We're still in the same chapter, 16. Let's go down to verse 8. Then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and, and bread to satisfy you in the morning. For he has heard all of your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not us. So here's a couple of things I want to call out here. Number one, praise God for God, because he blessed them even in the midst of their complaining. And God does that with us sometimes. I know I've been there. You complain about something and God bless you and you feel kind of dumb. You're like, oh, Lord, I wouldn't have complained if I knew he was going, you know, send the biscuits the next day. Now, I was a little hungry yesterday, Father. But you repent and move on. God is good. But here's the real key thing. They were in their wilderness 
complaining about Moses and Aaron, as it said in the earlier verses. But down here in verse eight, Moses actually says, the Lord heard your complaints against him because you're not complaining against us. You complaining against him. He's the one who freed you. So, so what am I saying? There are times in our lives where we're complaining about our boss. We complaining about our parents, our husband, our wives. Like we're complaining about people thinking that we're complaining about people, but really what we're doing is complaining about God because he's the one who sent you into that wilderness. Now it's very important if you in the wilderness that you're in the one that God sent you to. Okay. So I want you, that's why this show is about living for the Lord and finding your purpose through Christ Jesus, because we don't just want you in the wrong wilderness. Now, now you might have to go back to some earlier episodes and figure out like, uh, listen to one of the, I got an episode called start where you are. I got another episode called who are you? Like we, you got to go through the process of figuring some things out. So if you a new listener, I urge you to go back to some earlier episodes. You might feel like, man, I'm behind, but I'm telling you, it's some good things behind you that you might need and might help you as we move forward. Now, here's something that I don't spend too much time on in this message as it relates to the wilderness, but I actually think it's maybe almost the most important thing. And that's what happened while the children of Israel were in the wilderness. And you got to understand the importance of the wilderness. And that's why I'm saying don't waste time in the wilderness. So if you are in quarantine or on lockdown right now, you find yourself getting real bored and you find yourself twiddling your thumbs or you lost your job and you don't know what your next move is going to be. Don't sit around and just wait for the next month of quarantine to be over. It's about what you do while you're in here, because you could do some dope things in the wilderness to put yourself in a better position for when you get out. But if you just sit here and waste time in quarantine, waste time in your wilderness, when you get out, you're going to just be starting when you should be finished. All right, I'll make it make sense. For the children of Israel, here's just a couple of things that happened in the wilderness. Um, the laws and commandments were established. Covenants, the Ark of the Covenant, the tabernacle was built. Like, this all happened in the wilderness. So like, let's just focus on the Ten Commandments. Most of us at least know about the idea of the Ten Commandments. We still talk about those today, and they were literally established in the wilderness. What I'm trying to tell y'all is there are some things that God can establish in your life right now that you will never forget. They'll be etched in stone, just like the Ten Commandments. If you focus on the Lord and read his word and, and use this time to be productive and say, look, I'm going to be one of those people that's going to take advantage of the wilderness. I'm going to figure out what does God want me to create? What does he want me to build while I'm here? But in order to do that, I have to hear from him. In order for Moses to script out and etch out uh, um, in stone the, the Ten Commandments, he had to first hear them from God. He had to be in the wilderness. How do we even know if Moses would have ever been able to hear God if he wasn't in the wilderness? For some of us, let's be real. God got you in quarantine because you was too busy doing your own stuff when you, before you, he put you on lockdown. Some of us need to be here to hear from God. This is a place of purpose. Your wilderness has purpose. All right, so now let's get into... The promised land, the third and final stage of purpose.
So the promised land, you know, this is, I guess, more obvious. It represents, it could be that dream job. You know, it could be the answered prayer, the dream house, you know, the miracle, the healing that God gave you. The promised land really represents getting to the place that was once only known by faith. Now, here's the thing. This is the place where you get to apply everything that you learned along the way. So when, that, when the children of Israel are in, in, in the wilderness and they're learning all these covenants and these laws and they're building the tabernacle and all of the processes, right? When they get to the promised land, that's where they actually get to establish everything. Again, remember I talked about how college can represent the, the wilderness or school. When you go to school, you're constantly learning. But when you land that job, that's when you get to now be like, okay, now I can actually exercise what I used to only know by faith. The promised land is where you take your rightful place in the purpose that God has over your life. It's when you say, yep, Lord, all right, I finally, there was this, you know, I, I talk about like David being anointed as king by Samuel at around the age of 15 and not taking that throne until 30. When, when he took that throne, that represents, yeah, now I'm in my promised land. But here's something I don't want y'all to get mixed up on. I, I don't, you know, even want myself to ever forget this, is that the promised land doesn't represent perfection. And I think sometimes that's how we present it even to ourselves, and that's how we envision it, that you're going to get that dream job or that dream car, and now it means you're exempt from all, uh, any trouble or anything going wrong. And that's just not the truth, y'all. As long as we're living in this earthen vessel and we're, you know, on this planet, not in heaven, you know, and, and there's evil present and we're in our flesh, there's not going to be that complete perfection. Okay. But there's purpose even in the promised land. And the reason I'm saying that is because even as I talk about someone like David, he still made mistakes once he became the king. So we can't become arrogant just because we reach our promise. We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. It says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to, to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Verse 20, you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want you to really think about this as I kind of wrap this whole message up. How you live in the promised land is a choice. Like notice how like, and this is like Moses kind of, you know how when you, you're about to graduate now. So you've been through school. Now school is wrapping up and, and they bring in people. They hire people to give you this speech because they want you to be equipped when you go out into the real world. Now the schooling is over. That's what Moses is telling the, the children of Israel. You have a choice. And, and, and some of us want to live life like we don't have a choice, but, but we do. Let's go to Deuteronomy 31 verses 1 through 3. When Moses had finished giving these instructions to all of the people of Israel, he said, I am now 120 years old. I am no, no longer able to lead you. 
The Lord has told me, you will not cross the Jordan River. Verse three, but the Lord, your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there and you will take possession of the land. Joshua will lead you across the river just as the Lord promised. What, what really stuck out to me here is because now Moses is not going to be able to actually cross over and reach the promised land. For 40 years, he led them. He freed them from Pharaoh, but he wasn't able to go. But that didn't change God's promise. You know, so the leaders may change, but God's word won't change. You know, and that's how we have to be careful um, with understanding, like, God does use people to lead, but we don't worship the people because as people, we come and go. We live and die, but God's word remains the same. His promise remains the same. The last thing that really stuck out to me here is that it was interesting the way Moses kind of is like, yeah, you know, God is going to go before you and remove those enemies and the people living there. But Joshua's going to lead you over here. And what was interesting is that when they got there, they still had work to do. And so some of us expect and think that because God is moving, that means we don't have no work to do. Oh, God is just going to do it for you. He's going to wipe them away just like he did the children of Israel. uh. But at the end of the day, you got to be willing to work, y'all. And that's what it's all about. So right now you may be in your wilderness. You know, maybe you're in your in a slave stage or maybe you're in a promised land. But regardless of what stage you're at, there's still work to be done. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to know your current stage so that you know how to act in that stage. And this takes self-assessment. This takes you being able to be like, yep, this is where I'm at. But understand you may be in different stages in different phases and different points in your life. So you could be a slave in one area and a promised land in another one. And so there we have it, God's people. Another message about legacy when you think about it. In those earlier verses, of uh exodus you know it talked about the reason the lord even wanted to act on behalf of these children of israel because of the covenant that he had with abraham isaac and jacob and then you hear even that being revisited in deuteronomy as a pivotal part of this conversation the the reason i bring that up is because abraham isaac and jacob had had a relationship with god that impacted their ancestors so many years later. What is your relationship with God impacting? Is it having a positive impact on your ancestors or are you hindering them from something? I need you to think about that and know what phase you're in in your life. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God's people, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoy what you heard, please do stop over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe to the show. You can just even Google Inspire God's People and enjoy every show all the way back to our first episode. And please do not forget to tell a friend. We love you. Inspire God's People. Inspire God's People. If you looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We 
can't drown if we fall in it If you looking for me, I be in my own world Create for the creator when I'm in my own world I surf below the surface, it's layers to my purpose Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world